بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم In the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful lived after died the pioneering Saudi experiment in social economy written by Dr. Yusuf Uthman Al-Huzim To the big-hearted Umar ibn Abdul Aziz was asked, O Caliph, why did you not leave anything to your children? He, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, If they are evil doers, I will never leave them wealth that could help them to disobey Allah. And if they are righteous, Allah takes care of the righteous. The Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad, may the blessings and peace be upon him, is described in the report narrated from Amr ibn Sa'd from his father Sa'd ibn Abi Uqas. May Allah be pleased with them both. Who said the Prophet, may the blessing and peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, came to visit me when I was sick in Mecca. He, Sa'd, did not want to die in the land from which he had migrated. He said, May Allah have mercy on Ibn Afra, i.e. Sa'ad Ibn Khawla. I said, O Messenger of Allah, can I bequeath all of my wealth in charity? He said, No. I said then half. He said, No. I said then one third. He said, One third and a third is a lot. To leave your heirs independent of means is better than leaving them dependent on others, holding out their hands. Whatever you spend for the sake of Allah is charity, even the morsel of food that you lift to your wife's mouth. Perhaps Allah will lengthen your life so that he might benefit some people through you and cause harm to others. And at that time, he, Sa'ad, may Allah be pleased with him, had only one daughter. Al-Bukhari, hadith number 2742, Muslim hadith number 1628. Think of your children and take good care of them. It is sufficient sin for a man to neglect those whom he supports. Think of yourself, and they will remember you after a while. On a Friday, when the Imam says, O oh Allah, forgive our parents, they will say, Ameen. Do not get upset, for this is the way of the world. O oh, big-hearted one, hasten as Prince Al-Anud dead. It is a small leaf just beginning to unfurl. Stop procrastinating. Write it and do not hesitate. Write it and you will never regret it. Write it and you will gain a great deal. 2. Section 2 or 2. Introduction. If you die, everyone will die, and only the face of your Lord 
honor of majesty and honor will remain. If you are resurrected, everyone will be resurrected. Then from their graves, they will hasten to their Lord. C.F. Yasin or chapter Yasin, chapter 36, verse 51. Living after one has died is not for everyone. Living after one has died is not for everyone. Rather, very few attain this honor. When a man dies, all his good deeds come to an end except three. Ongoing charity, sadaqa jariya, beneficial knowledge, or a righteous son who will pray for him. Muslim hadith number 1631 at Termidi hadith number 1376. People are of three types. One dies when he dies and another dies before he dies when he loses the meaning of life early on. In this case, he has died spiritually and is just waiting to die physically. So, one may say that he was born in 1370 A.H. Hijri and died in 1400 Hijri A.H. and was buried in 1430 A.H. And the third type is the one who lives after he dies, for he has a righteous son who prays for him. And he left behind a bequest and knowledge that benefit others. And knowledge that benefits others. If you write a will at the age of 36, in my opinion, you have developed maturity and awareness of the meaning of life at an early age. <coughs> Wisdom is rarely found in young people. The prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam may peace and blessings be upon him issued instructions that those who stood behind him in the prayer should be men of maturity and wisdom out of respect for wisdom hence no one stood behind him except abu Bakr and umar if you understand the meaning of life at the age of 36 this means that you have attained wisdom at an early age. This is how Allah inspired Princess Al-Anud bint Abdul Aziz ibn Musa'ad ibn Jalawi al-Su'ud and she wrote her will in 1387 AH. One of the results of that was the Al-Anud Charitable Foundation and the Al-Anud Institute for Investment which is known as the investment arm. Her will was written by His Excellency Sheikh Abdulaziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, the Vice-Chancellor of the Islamic University in Medina at that time, who was later appointed as the Grand Mufti of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy on his soul and grant him al-Firdaus al-A'la and grant our Princes Al-Anud Al-Firdaus Al-A'la. It is wise to learn how one might attain wisdom and appreciate it at an early age if you are fortunate. In order to attain wisdom, you must do the following. 
live the values of dignity, modesty, and fear of shame and put them into effect in your life. Be civil. Civility means attaining an alert mind and sublime characteristics. You have the motive to learn from people around you, to learn from trial and error, and to learn from history. If you want a shortcut, then learn the Quran and Sunnah on the basis of the understanding of the righteous forebears. Wisdom means watching an individual of great wisdom who lives in the same house as you so that you can follow in his footsteps and emulate him. I previously wrote a book entitled Imara Istithna, Imra'a Istithna'iyya, Zawjat Malik. I previously wrote, I previously wrote a book entitled Imra'a Istithna'iyya, Zawjat Malik, an exceptional woman, the wife of a king, in which I discussed the life and times of Princess Al-Anud. Today you hold in your hands another book entitled entitled Lived After Died Aashat Badama Bada and Matit Aashat Bada and Matit She lived after she died in which I present twelve stories that came about through the establishment of of the board of trustees led by the chairman his royal highness prince muhammad ibn fahd ibn abdul aziz and his deputy uh, his royal highness prince saud bin fahd bin abdul aziz and other royal princes and honorable members i also discussed the efforts of his royal highness princess latifa bin fahd bin abdul aziz president of the women's committee you will see how she strove to keep history alive as she inherited this greatness. These stories represent the confirmation of deeds, good deeds, righteous deeds, for there is nothing good in wisdom and early maturity, for there is nothing good in wisdom and early maturity if it does not benefit other people. The dearest people to Allah are those who benefit others the most. People's happiness is the aim of Sharia. If you are wise, everyone around you will be happy. If you are the opposite, everyone around you will be miserable. I always say that the story of Al-Anud or Princess Al-Anud is a story that is not only great in and of itself, rather it is a story that may be duplicated many influential people knew her uh, closely so it is easy to highlight the reasons for her exceptionality those who want to live after they die may read this book and take it as a guide that brings great benefits for it is like a seedling for it is like a seedling that is just beginning to grow Al-Anud is a pioneer Saudi experiment in social economy. It is an initiative that has brought about development in our local communities. Part 3 Stories Story number 1. Remote Villages 
100 families live in difficult circumstances and hardship in the two villages of al uh, of al qunfada villages two villages of al uqda and al shaddad in al qunfada this is the water source of which allah said and we have made from water every living thing will they not then believe chapter al anbiya chapter 21 verse 30 so these villages villages are called al uqda and al shaddad the means of transportation for these villages is a vehicle for which the fare is 60 saudi rials under which and which the villages need twice a week this is a small amount admittedly but don't forget that cost are relative 1000 rials for you is not like 1000 rials for anyone else because most of these families are on social assistance the two villages are near the sea and there is an abundance of fresh water beneath their feet but how can they reach it when it is at a depth of 30 meters how can the water reach them through 13 kilometers of pipes if you head south four kilometers from al uqda you will find the neighborhood of uh, al al qunnat on your right then ayal abdullah and ayal shaynan uh, a kilometer further on if you head east for another four kilometers you will see ayal abdullah Ashaddad uh, on your left, then Sial and Arad. Arad, the Qadi of the Supreme Court in Jeddah, Sheikh Hamad uh, bin Muhammad uh, Arazin, supervisor of charity stores in Al Qumfuda, says, We are taking care of several villages in which most of the people are living below the poverty. Uh, the poverty line and lack basic services. In the two villages of Uqda and Shaddad, there are two, uh, there are poor people, widows and orphans. The need is urgent, but the inhabitants are people of dignity because they are from the tribes of Banu Zayd and follow Sheikh uh, Suleiman ibn Awad al-Khudair. Uh, they are approximately 20 kilometers to the east of the city of Al-Qumfida. The good man is the one who believes in the words of Allah and they give food in spite of their love for it or for the love of him to miskeen, poor, the orphan and the captive saying, we feed you seeking Allah's countenance only. We wish for no reward nor thanks from you. Chapter Al-Insan, chapter 76, verses 8 and 9. Professor Atiyah Al-Ghamidi took a plane from Riyadh to uh, uh, Al-Baha, which was followed by a three-hour drive uh, to meet the local people and their leaders, whereupon he noticed dignity and hope on their faces. Dignity because they are Arabs, and you can never find in them anything but pride even when they are in need and you will never leave their village without having been welcomed and honored to such an extent that that you doubt that they are poor where did they get this generous attitude when they do not possess anything 
they were shifting their gaze between heaven and earth because they had heard of the charitable foundation set up by uh, Princess Al-Anud and that righteous woman had at the young age of 37 years written a will bequeathing one-third of her wealth to them, i.e. to the poor and needy, and her charitable endowments, waqf or awqaf, were established in response to the call. So the contractors began digging and worked non-stop for 30 days, and the people continually gathered around the digger to see whether relief was coming at last. Finally, water appeared flowing with life, bringing joy and putting an end to misery. Now Saleh, Salman, Hana and Muhammad can turn on a tap in their homes and water comes flowing out. They can do wudu and raise their hands to heaven saying, O oh Allah, grant compensation to the one who spins and sends destruction and send destruction upon the one who withholds. O Allah, grant compensation to the one who spins and send destruction upon the one who withholds. <coughs> Two, prisoner of chivalry. Prisoner of chivalry. A man borrowed some money from another man and wanted to leave after he got it. But the lender yelled at him saying, Wait a minute, you have to kiss my hand before you leave. The borrower, the borrower was surprised by that and said, Why? The lender said, Because I will kiss your feet when I ask you to give the money back. Long ago, it was said that debt is destruction. The Prophet wasallam, may the blessing and peace be upon him, used to seek refuge with Allah from debt by saying, O oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from worry, grief, helplessness, laziness, cowardice, miserliness, the burden of the burden of debt, and being overcome by men. Al-Bukhari, hadith number 6369. But Abu Nasr is a man of chivalry, and the desire to help sometimes makes one act impulsively without thinking. Someone would ask him to be a guarantor, and he would face with conflicting thoughts. Am I a coward? Am I going to let people down? Am I weak in faith when Allah says, Who is he that will lend to Allah a goodly loan so that he may multiply it to him many times? And it is Allah that decreases or increases your, pre, your, provision, your provisions. And unto him you shall return. Chapter Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 245. So he would respond to the call of chivalry until in the end he had signed 48 documents holding him financially responsible for other people's loans. Abu Nasr is a military man holding an officer's rank and he is caring for a family of eight including his mother. Allah says and your Lord has decreed that you worship none but him and that you be dutiful to your parents. If one of them or both of them attain old age in your life, say not to them a word of disrespect, Oof, nor shout at them, but address them in terms of honor, and lower unto them the wing of submission and humility through mercy, and say, My Lord, my Lord and cherisher, bestow on them 
your mercy as they did bring me up when I was small. Chapter Al-Isra, chapter 17, verses 23 and 24. <coughs> Abu Nasr honors his parents and takes care of his young children, including infants. It is always the same demands that never end. Baby milk, diapers and eat clothes, fevers and throat infections, back to school promotions in the bookstore, heralding a new academic year and the need to buy school supplies, uh, backpacks, exercise books, pens, math sets. Then in the evening, an unwelcoming guest shows up at an inconvenient time who does not appreciate how poor they are and does not mind sharing the evening meal with them the one who regards you <coughs> the one who regards you as equal to himself is not being unfair to you but burdensome traditions do not differentiate between one who is rich and one who is barely making ends meet so one is obliged to go and slaughter a sheep and prepare food that could suffice 15 people and serve it when only three are present. If you do not do that, it is regarded as a shame and disgrace, and this guest will become like a mobile news agency telling everyone bad things about you when you have done nothing wrong. But what can one do about it? If Abu Nasr lived near Mountain uh, Sinain in Lebanon, or in Tangiers in Morocco, he would not have been exposed to this humiliation. In addition to being a chivalrous and dignified man, Abu Nasr also shows kindness and looks after his five children. He is a man with a mission and a prominent figure in his neighborhood because he leads people in the five daily prayers, teaches the people after Maghrib prayer from the book Riyadh al-Salihin, reconciles between people after the prayer, visits the sick at home and distributes pamphlets in the hope of guiding people. How could it be otherwise when he is the Imam of their mosque? Abu Nasr is in a prison but not for any crime that he committed. Rather, it is the fault of his chivalry for which there is a price to be paid in the form of a debt of 67,000 Saudi rials, the price of a Nissan car bought by installments by someone who was unable to pay it off. So he borrowed 20,000 Saudi rials, which solved the problem temporarily like an uh, anesthetic uh, for one who is sick <coughs> but the real problem was interest which steadily increased and leads to disaster and the man was exposed to shame so the judge said there is a question does the claimant have any proof for his claim so he summoned Abu Ayyad Abu Ayyad <coughs> so he summoned Abu Ayyad and asked him what testimony he had and he said i testify before allah may he be exalted that abu hamad uh, bought an isan car from the claimant uh, that was worth thirty-seven thousand saudi rials to be paid in installments and abu nasr was the guarantor for the loan and the payment this is a testimony that i have then the claimant was asked to swear an oath to support the evidence and reinforce his rights and he was ready to do so and swore the oath 
the court passed judgment against the defendant, ruling that Abu Nasr had to pay the money to the claimant immediately if the defendant wanted to make a claim against the one for whom he had stood as a guarantor. That was his choice, and he could do it whenever he wished. But the verdict was to be carried out according to the court's instructions, and Allah is the source of strength. The one for whom he had stood as guarantor turned out to be a coward. He fled and abandoned his sponsor, letting him down. He honored him by canceling his mobile phone, changing his job, and moving to a different area. He did not realize that by doing so, he was spoiling the chivalry of others. The one who sets a bad precedent will bear the burden of his own sin and that of those who follow his example after that. Abu Nasr lost interest in this world and his concern was focused on his children. It is sufficient evil for a man to neglect those for whom he is responsible. The pain of this stab in the back when he least expected it and the worry about the death that was more burdensome than mountains reached such a point that his breathing became labored as if oxygen had become scarce like a passenger traveling in a plane at 35,000 feet when the air supply suddenly cuts out. <coughs> the verdict was carried out and this man of chivalry and dignity who had a mission was put in a prison and has now been there for five months. His little children are constantly asking, where is our father? Who took him, who took him away from us? The one who is trying to help answers them and says, <coughs> there is still goodness in this world, as far as I know, and I will intercede for you. Then he wrote it down saying, one of the blessings that Allah may he be glorified and exalted has bestowed upon the people of this blessed land is that he made available to them people who are doers of good who take care of people's interests look after their affairs and check on their deeds and this is what we have experienced based on what allah may he be glorified and exalted has prescribed of interceding for good causes and meeting people's needs as he says Whoever intercedes for a good cause will have the reward thereof, and whosoever intercedes for an evil cause will have a share of its burden. And Allah is ever all able to do and also an all witness to everything. Chapter An Nisa, chapter 4, verse 85. And the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, may the blessing and peace be upon him, said, intercede you will be rewarded and allah decrees on the lips of his prophet whatever his whatever he wills al-bukhari hadith number 1432 <coughs> therefore i am interceding for abu nasr because he is a man who needs help the one who has been imprisoned for debt is responsible for a large family and he is a decent man of good character who was the imam of a mosque but we testify according to what we know and obviously we had no power to keep watch over that uh, what is altogether hidden from us yusuf chapter yusuf chapter 12 verse 81
The call reached Prince Saud bin Fahd bin Abdul Aziz, the Vice President of the Board of Trustees, and he responded, as is his wont, and as he has been guided and enabled to do since he came to know about the reality of this world at a very early age. Allah has made him the key to goodness and the means of blocking the way to evil, and he paid off the debt. <coughs> After he was released, Abu Nasr knocked at the door without anyone reminding him of favors and without any noise, and he entered the house. He kissed his mother's head and hand, and he embraced his children, smiling at his wife. Then he went back to the market to resume his daily routine, baby milk, diapers, cans, bread, and a box of chicken. Story number three, Jabir the hero. Heroism is something that people talk a great deal about. Some of them say that it is carriage. Others say that the hero is an outstanding leader or a successful businessman or one who surpasses his peers academically or one who is extraordinary and different from other people. But I say that the hero is Jabir. Jabir is 26 years old and works in a green grocer's in the capital Riyadh for 1500 Riyals. His home is 800 kilometers away and in that house there are many people who are the responsibility of an old man who is in his 70s and who has no source of income apart from social security checks which even though the amount is little are divided between seven people in the house are Ruqayya, Asma, Zainab, and Fatima, who play innocently, unaware of what fate has in store for them apart from their faith in Allah, than in Jabir, who has gone to the capital and who may come back one day with milk and honey. All their hopes are pinned on Jabir, but his heart is not able to bear the burden. He suffers from a weak and irregular heartbeat, according to trustworthy medical reports, which say that Jabir has been advised not to walk or run fast or move a great deal. Verily, to Allah we belong, and unto Him is our return. There is no power and no strength except in Allah. Jabir is the bearer of hope, but his body cannot bear it. Jabir not only sells the fruits and vegetables, he is also a student in the third year of nursing school, but he has stopped studying until he pays off his monthly installments. It is better to let Jabir tell the story in his own words. In a letter he wrote to the Al-Anud uh, Charitable Foundation. <coughs> let's read it together, or listen, let's listen to it. I would like to tell you that I belong to this blessed people and I am one of those who serve this country, their religion, their homeland, and their king. As I am suffering from health problems that Allah has decreed for me and problems in the heart valves, may Allah protect you from that. This has made me weak and caused palpitations to such an extent that I cannot walk 
or run fast or move a great deal and I have proof of that. <coughs> this means that I cannot continue studying in the faculty of nursing until I pay the debt that has accumulated. They refuse to let me complete my studies until I pay the monthly fee. I do not have a car or similar possessions that I could use to commute or even to make ends meet. I cannot buy a car to help me get out of the trouble I am in. In fact, it has become very difficult for me and I sometimes use my roommate's car. I'm living with roommates because I have left my family in another city hoping to earn a living and support my family. I have put my hope in Allah than you, seeking some help and assistance with whatever you think is appropriate to save me from the pain and suffering I find myself in and to, and to complete my studies and secure my future, which is something that I feel will be an honor to me and benefit me. If Allah wills, if Allah wills in the future and to help me in the hard time I'm going through, I am far away from my father and mother whom I left behind in great need so as to try hard to help them and my brothers and sisters. I'm looking for a bright future which will bring happiness to me and my family who have no one to turn uh, who have no one to turn to but Allah than me. I'm striving hard to make them happy. I hope for some compassion and mercy from you towards the citizens of this blessed land. <coughs> o Jabr, by Allah you are a hero. O Jabr, by Allah you are a hero. You speak of a bright future when you are in this difficult situation. O Jabr, by Allah you are a hero. You speak of your efforts and describe them as jihad, struggle. O Jabr, by Allah you are a hero. You think of learning a specialty because it's the way of development, prosperity and improving your income. Heroism is when you have a sublime goal and a sound method of achieving it. Be proud of both that you will prosper. Uh, be, be proud of both so that you will prosper and make others prosper. This is a philosophy of Jabr. All that is needed now is someone to take care of these heroes, namely Prince Muhammad bin Fahad, who is carrying out the wishes of his mother with the cooperation of his brothers and helpers to establish a charitable organization that will set up endowments awqaf from the income of which all of Jabber's tuition fees will be paid. Jabber has gone back to his studies and is working hard with a sense of pride in himself. News of that has reached Zainab, Asma and Ruqayya. Their hopes have been revived and heroism continues. <coughs> Story number four. No home, no security. No home, no security. Man is born with the instinct of fear. Fear means accepting the worst. Fear means ex expecting the worst. Again, man is born with the instinct of fear. Fear means expecting the worst. The one who is afraid is not secure. Allah says it is a great grace and protection from Allah for the accustomed security of the Quraysh. 
and with all those Allah's grace and protections for the security we cause the Quraysh caravans to set forth safe in winter to the south and in summer to the north without any fear. So let them worship Allah, thy Lord. So let them worship Allah, the Lord of this house, the Kaaba in Mecca. He who has fed them against hunger and has made them safe from fear. Quraysh, uh, chapter 106, verses 1 to 4. Elaf translated above as accustomed security. Sorry, accustomed. Elaf translated above as accustomed. Security refers to the fees taken by the most prominent Arab tribes from merchants in return for securing their regional trade routes at that time. In addition to that, Quraysh had two annual journeys. In the winter, they would <coughs> go south to Yemen, where the weather was warm, and in the summer, they would go north to Syria, where the weather was cool. Allah blessed them with abundance of food, so they were able to eat their fill as a result of their trade, and He blessed them and others with security, so they felt safe. These two things are the greatest blessings that a man may attain. It is a blessing to feel secure with regard to the future by having a house in which to shelter your children. Hence, the one who is renting undoubtedly feels insecure, no matter what his income. But if Allah forbid you are in your 40s and married with seven children, but you do not own a house, how will your worry be? How will your worry be? Even worse than that, you are in your 40s, you have seven children, and you have a spinal injury, and are suffering from swelling in the brain at the base of the skull, which causes extreme weakness in your right hand and lower half. And even worse than that, you are retired with a monthly pension of 3,887 rials, 3,887 rials, and you are in debt. So the Islamic bank deducts 1,939 Saudi rials. His name is Ahmed and he is a retired military man. The medical council made the following recommendations. Ahmed is a man who is suffering from symptoms of vertebral collapse. Our recommendation is that he should be given sick leave for 90 days after which he should not return to work. What security can this man have? What sort of worries must he be going through? When he is looking at his children, Faisal, Fahd, uh, Rawabi, Reem, and Rimas. His psychological condition is very complicated. Sometimes he must wonder about those uh, people whom Allah has blessed with good health, well-being, offspring, a righteous wife, and, and an easy life. Why do they get angry or sad or worried? Then they get depressed. Why? I do not know. No, I do know. They have not read the letter written by Ahmed in which he says, I would like to inform you that I am a citizen of this blessed land and one of its sons. The will of Allah, the will of Allah, may he be exalted, decreed 
that I should be afflicted with a sickness that causes me severe weakness in my right hand and lower half, in addition to loss of feeling in my left side. I, I was working, but I have been laid off and retired because of not being physically fit. Now I get a pension that is hardly enough to pay for my family's needs and make ends meet. Moreover, I'm heavily burdened with it, with debts. I'm responsible for a large family, but I'm living in government housing that is in a bad state of repair and is hardly enough to accommodate my family, which is composed of seven people in addition to my father and mother. Because of all these responsibilities and difficult circumstances that I'm going through, I grew more worried and depressed and my physical health deteriorated because of all these accumulating debts. I have begun to prefer death to this miserable life because I'm not able to meet the simplest needs of my children and make them feel like other children. I have not found, after Allah, may he be exalted, anyone who can help relieve my distress except the Prince's Al-Anud Foundation. I'm full of hope and trust that the foundation will relieve me of this calamity. I ask Allah the Most High, the Almighty, to help this foundation to do good. The beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may the blessings and peace be upon him, said, whoever meets the needs of his brother, Allah will meet his needs. Whoever relieves a Muslim of distress, Allah will relieve him of his distress on the day of resurrection. Whoever conceals a Muslim, Allah will conceal him on the day of resurrection. Muslim, hadith number 2580. Allah granted him relief from his distress by the help of the Princess Al-Anud Foundation, which paid off his debt and bought a house for him without any reminder of this help or making any noise or fuss about it. This discreet approach usually the case with those who are in charge of this foundation alhamdulillah that's the end of part one of this lovely book written by dr yusuf uthman al Hussein, lived after died the pioneering saudi experiment in social economy i'll be continuing inshallah the second part later on take care assalamu alaikum